Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. I can't believe it's 4.15 in the morning and you're up doing this. And yes, it's 10.15 a.m. I'm alive. I've had breakfast. I've started my work day. I feel good. It's perfect. I've had a snack and I have, I have my tea. Well, I'm so thankful you got up so early. Benjamin is a facilitator and matrescence coach based in Vancouver. She is mum to Theo, two and a half, who I just met. Um, and I, I think you're phenomenal for helping so many new mums when you're right in the thick of it with a toddler yourself. You're amazing. <laughs> so sweet of you. I suppose it also gives me a sense of empathy for what other mothers are experiencing because I'm going through it too. Yes. Um. I'll, I'll start with the first question. I ask everyone the same first question. If you were stuck on a desert island and you could take one meal, one drink and one personal item, what would they be? One meal. Peanut butter toast. Is that a meal? <laughs> Definitely. Peanut butter toast and banana. That's a meal. <laughs> All things peanut butter. One drink, water. Yes. Always my favorite. It's the only thing virtually that I drink other than coffee. And one person? Uh, one personal item. One personal item. My laptop. <laughs> in the hopes that it could, in the hopes I could communicate with others and FaceTime and yes. is there Wi-Fi? That's really the question. <laughs> yes, island Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, now, I'd love to hear your personal story and how life led you to what you do now because you started deep in corporate land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I started in the corporate world about now 15 years ago and my career started and continued for close to 14 years in leadership development and personal development. And that meant leading workshops and trainings for new people coming into companies, 
for managers who are being promoted to the next level, people taking on different roles. And I was also a coach in the corporate world for similar situations and for people leading large teams, divisions, departments. And a big part of my work, I mean, put it this way, there are mothers that work in the corporate world. There are, we know, working mothers. And so I developed this affinity and this passion for moms in the workplace because when I was leading programs and I was coaching women who were also mothers, I started to hear themes and I started to be part of conversations and there was a disconnect. What people were talking to me intimately in our coaching sessions about was not what was being talked about in the wider world around motherhood. And so I, I found myself very curious and it took me, you know, it took me a few years to really pinpoint that I had this passion for mothers. And it was now about seven years ago that I realized it, that I loved working with mothers. And at the time I was working at the head office of Lululemon here in Vancouver. And I started to be able to coach mothers more specifically as part of the coaching program at Lululemon. So my history, my career has been vast. I've worked in mining. I've worked in a top tier law firm in Australia. I worked uh, at Lululemon and coming home, I worked in a consulting firm and it ultimately led me to go off on my own once I became a mother. So I've been a mom now for my son's been, my son is two and a half years old. I've been a mom for a few years now. And it led me to see that there's an opportunity to support mothers through the transitions, just as I've done in the corporate world, supporting through the transitions into new roles, into promotions, into new businesses. I've transferred those skills into motherhood. And can you please sum up matricence? Because whenever anyone asks me, I, I say, it's like adolescence, but for mummies, it's a completely transformative process. Um, but I thought it would be really nice to hear your description. Yeah, my description is is derived from Dr. Orly Athan, and and so I credit her entirely with how I describe it, which it's it's the profound transformation, physical, emotional, social, economic, and existential that a mother experiences as she transitions into motherhood and also through motherhood. Yes, because it... So it's both. It's not just the beginning of motherhood. That's something that I always like to clarify. It's not just the early days of motherhood. It's the continual transformation and evolution and identity shift that is ongoing throughout your journey of motherhood, which is arguably forevermore. Yes. Well, let's discuss motherhood as personal development, Mm. because when you when you put it to me like that in our emails, I'd never even remotely looked at it like personal development. And I think I've I've thought about that more since having my girls and since doing the podcast. But um, it had never been put to me as succinctly as that. Um, So I'd really I'd really love you to elaborate on on motherhood as personal development. Mm-hmm. I think my corporate career being in personal development and leadership development and socially we have an obsession with personal development. Do we not go to the section in your bookstore or go to podcast, the self-help section, self-development, personal development section and motherhood in terms of it being a role transition, as it would be described in psychology, motherhood and taking on a, a new role as part of your identity offers this arena, this new, yeah, this new sort of, well, it's a whole new universe really for you to explore and to use as a mirror to reflect back on yourself in terms of how you are learning and how you are growing. 
And within motherhood, there are, are, there are micro moments in your day that can offer so many insights and lessons about who I am, about how I'm growing. And then we can look at different phases and seasons and stages that we're going through and the grander lessons that we're learning in that time. So I, I am interested in the same way that socially we value leadership development or professional development and people invest in that. And that's a thing in the world. What about motherhood as development and seeing motherhood as personal development or motherhood development? It is worthy of exploration. It is a, a major role, a significant role that people take on in their lives. And it is worthy of exploration and mining for insights and learning and growth. And you touched then on on culture. Um, I think I read it was either on your Instagram or your website that the cultural assumptions of motherhood um, really impact personal experience. Mm. How would you talk about that? Would you talk about the cultural assumptions of motherhood in terms of societal expectations? Mm. Mm -hmm. I would. I would say that part of what became clear to me in terms of when I became a mother is that we have our own unique experiences of motherhood and we are, are, we are mothering on our own with our children in our homes and in our communities, but we are part of a wider system of motherhood. And my, my study with Dr. Sophie Brock, who's Australian, she's a sociologist and motherhood studies really widened the lens for me to understand just how much influence the social factors, the social messages, the wider social and cultural systems have on our individual experience of mothering. So when we, I often say when we enter into the role of mother, we are entering into a social role. We are entering into a role that has rules, that has expectations, that has uh, unconscious rules and expectations, if I will. And people have different perceptions of what it means to be a mother. And, and so it's a role it's both individual, but it's also social. We see it in the media. We see it in the movies. We see it on Netflix. We see it in TV shows, our children's books, our children's songs. There is a lot to unpack socially narratives and norms mm. around what it means to be a mom. And that can have a really negative impact, I think, on, on mums. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. I think it's really the root of a lot of guilt that mothers feel and a lot of the shame and disconnection that mothers feel because they feel a failure to be able to live up to some of these norms and these narratives that have been created around what it means to be a mom. Mm. I'd also like to talk about boundaries. Um, how can we, <laughs> how can we, <laughs> I'm smiling because it's such a big one. It's, it is. It is really it's so big. relevant and it's such a big one. Uh, how can we recognize within ourselves when we need to set boundaries? Mm. Oh, great, great question. Off the top of my head, the first things that come to mind are like what's flashing in my mind is overwhelm overwhelm (laughs) overwhelm like when you feel yourself in that place of overwhelm and that will that will feel different for everyone in terms of how they recognize that in their body in their mind but when people step or they're on the edge or on the brink of overwhelm that's one way to realize that a boundary is needed Guilt might be another one as well. When we sense guilt, when when we sense that we yeah, are feeling shame or that we feel like we're not doing enough. Ultimately, it's like when we get that sense that 
we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're feeling guilty about something, those are the engine light. Those are the times for us to look at, okay, like this car is due for a service. And if you're like me, you normally <laughs> historically have let your car run on the engine light for a long time <laughs> until it's like really in need of a service. And so I really have for myself and also with the moms that I work with, really encourage them to look at those emotions, those feelings of like when you feel like it's all too much or you're taking on too much or you can't do it all. That's a time to pause, to look at the engine light and to ask yourself, okay, what's going on here? Pause. What am I feeling? What do I need? And the pause is really important because in motherhood, there is no inbuilt time to pause. Motherhood is relentless. And I mean that in the neutral sense of the word. Motherhood and mothering carries on day and night. Yes. Our children are not like, mom, it's time to take a break and to pause. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And so it becomes up to us to put in that time. And these are micro moments. This can be one minute in your day when you pause and you stop and you ask yourself, how am I doing? What do I need? And in that, you might sense the overwhelm, the stress or the, the guilt that you're feeling. And that can be an indication that a boundary is needed. And from there, how do we set them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great question in terms of how to... Well, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's quite an individual question. So maybe I'll, I'll rephrase it with how would you set a boundary? Mm. I would... I think of a boundary as a request for something that you need and drawing on someone whose work in boundaries, who I really respect, Nedra Tawab, her work, she has said two things that really stuck with me or one main thing. Let me say, she said, other people don't need to agree with your boundaries in order to respect them. I like that a lot. And that has really stayed with me. So a boundary is a request for something that you need and Ultimately, it doesn't matter if the other person agrees with it. If it's coming from a kind and clear place, you've checked in with yourself and it's something that you need in order to maintain your own well-being, then that's how you set a boundary. You make a request. You tell someone what you need and they don't need to agree with it. It's not up for debate. Yes. And that's a big thing that I share with mothers because there's a lot of conversation. There can be a lot of pushback around boundaries of like, well, why do you need that? Or I don't think you need that. Or family dynamics might believe that you should be doing things a certain way, but you have a right to set boundaries for your own physical and mental and emotional well-being. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 
And then I think what can be what I've found tricky with um, boundaries is that once you recognise what you need, sometimes they can feel quite big in terms of rewiring how you're conditioned to to do something. And so for me, I've found that I might set a boundary, but then I need to keep checking in and keep resetting um, for myself as much as the people around me, which I think sometimes uh, saying it out loud, it might feel like it's hard work, but I think it's hard work that's important. Mm-hmm. It is it is hard work and it is, it can be yeah, difficult. It takes effort. It takes energy and it's so worthwhile because the long, long-term impact is so worthwhile. It might, you know, in the short term feel difficult or hard, but the long-term payoff is entirely worthwhile. And you also just had me thinking about boundaries. You know, I originally, I, as you asked that question, I thought about boundaries that we set with other people, but boundaries also apply to ourselves. There are boundaries that I have been setting for myself this year, i.e. social media boundaries that I need to set with myself or boundaries around what I will or won't do around the home, boundaries around prioritizing my own rest, going to bed early. And yes, I definitely need to continue checking in over and over again. Am I respecting the boundary that I set, whether it's with myself or someone else? Is it still relevant, that boundary? Does it need to be shifted or changed? And how's it going? Is a really worthwhile check-in. How is that boundary going? Well, because motherhood's a moving beast, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it changes for us as it changes for our kids or as our kids change. Um, so I suppose that was, that's a really good point that you need to keep, keep checking in and they might change and a boundary might not be relevant anymore or you might not need it. Again, setting boundaries for yourself can be hard because guilt can come into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And mother guilt seems to be a... Um, very mother-specific, well, obviously it's a mother-specific term, um, but you don't hear people talking about dad guilt. Mm, no. You know, yeah, it is. It's an interesting exploration around why mom guilt and how it became this way and that it is part of our social vocabulary, right? Mom guilt is a thing. It's almost as if mom guilt has become synonymous with becoming a mother. Yes. That when you become a mother, naturally you will feel guilty. That is a narrative that exists that, you know, motherhood inherently you will feel guilty. And if you're not feeling guilty, then maybe you're not doing it right. Yes, you could You could ask that question, right? Someone could ask that question. And so it's almost like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. <laughs> like if, you feel, if you feel guilty, then you're doing it quote unquote right. And if you don't feel guilty, you're not doing it right. Like are you doing it right? Like you never feel, there's no answer to it, right, mm. in terms of guilt. But it's about, again, I really welcome curiosity around emotions and I think that's where my own life and my own practice my own work has really been shaped by practices of self-compassion yes because in the instead of being rigid when I feel guilt or being like I don't want to feel guilt or trying to push it away again I think of the engine light analogy that's one that really comes to my mind often of when I'm feeling guilty how can I explore what's going on what's really happening here why do I feel guilt? Am I living my values right now? What's being put into question? And how can I have that conversation lovingly with myself um, in order to see what's really going on here? I think part of that is is blocking out external noise or trying to as well. 
And again, you did a, a post on Instagram. Um, I don't know when it was because I, I went a long way back on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you said if you're having a hard time or, you know, perhaps your your toddler or baby is having a hard time, you can take that that minute to stop and check in with yourself and close your eyes and ask yourself those questions and so that you're not reacting from a kind of knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's important in terms of you. Mm. You know, you can stop and, you know, why am I feeling guilty? It's not because I actually feel guilty. It's because 5,000 posts on Instagram have told me that I should feel guilty about this or the way my parents parented me tells me I should feel guilty about this. And those are hard things to work through. But I really, I really like your analogy of, um, it's not an analogy, your advice of taking a second and then it doesn't have to be this big, you know, big things can, big things feel overwhelming for me as a mum. You know, if someone said to me, sit down and meditate for 10 minutes a day, even though that's small, I would go, oh, no, 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 that's, it's too much. But taking a second or a minute is, um, is much more doable. Yes, I think I think that we individually can put up a lot of barriers to these types of practices of self-reflection. Like, oh, if I can't sit down and journal for 30 minutes, then I'm not going to do it at all. Or if I can't sit and meditate for 10 minutes, then I'm not going to do it at all. And in motherhood, it's clear that we don't we don't have the time necessarily to be doing those things depending on the phase of motherhood that you're in in particular new motherhood is very demanding motherhood overall is very demanding no matter what stage you're at and yes we could talk about how we can clear the space to do that but my point is is that it doesn't have to be some big elaborate pause in fact the beautiful like small moments throughout our day that can become practices to reflect or to pause to check in they can be there. It can be the moment you're waiting in your car when you're doing school drop-off or pickup. Right? It can be when you're brushing your teeth or when you're coffee, you're making your coffee in the morning. It can be, I know for me and having a young son, it's when I put him down for a nap. It's that minute when I'm holding him in my arms and I put him down for a nap and I check in with myself too. So there are different moments to, that I always encourage mothers to look for in their day that they can build in a habit around checking in with themselves and then it becomes part of their routine rather than also I must sit for 30 minutes and meditate. And that's coming from me. I am also a yoga and meditation teacher. Yes. <laughs> and and I value a 20-minute meditation practice. But let me tell you, through becoming a mother, I am not sitting every day meditating for 20 minutes. It doesn't look like that right now in my life for me. And there's a lot of compassion, too, that it doesn't have to look like that right now for me. But um, there's there's a welcoming of what it is now. The um the right now was really key in what you just said, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I came mm-hmm. to that realisation after I'd had Marley, our first baby. Um, she's nearly four now and and it, it took me a, a quite a long time, but I went, Oh, there is there will be a time for me to do XYZ later mm-hmm. but that that time isn't now and that's okay. I've had at that stage, 37 years of doing X, Y, Z whenever I wanted. And now I need to just park that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It can be hard to get to that place to, to really accept right now. Yes. Because we have 
a few decades of how it's been before children come into our life. And there are deeply ingrained ways of being. And what I find is a lot of mothers, myself included, compare themselves back to how life used to be pre-motherhood. And so they think, gosh, I used to be able to exercise, you know, however, X, Y, Z each week, I used to be able to sit and meditate every day. Like, why can't I do that now? And there's a, there's a beating up of themselves because they're comparing back to uh, a paradigm that is no longer so. And so when we can shift, like, what is right now? Like if we look and take stock of like, what, how is my life right now? What is my actual capacity right now? How much energy do I actually have? How much time do I have? When we can really look at that honestly and candidly, then we can find the moments to plug in different practices into our day. And did you do a lot of your um, kind of motherhood studies? Um, I know you've done Sophie Brock's course. And did you do those things after you had had your baby or before? I did. I did them after I had my son. So I, I did Sophie Brock's certification in last year, 2021. And, and then I'm also, I work one-on-one with Dr. Orly Athan, who's a researcher and um, psychologist and specializes in matrescence. And that has been since becoming a mom. So I had my son and there was this, there was this voice inside that said I wanted to work with mothers and devote myself to mothers wholeheartedly and, and step away from the work that I had been doing in the corporate world which I loved. And I think from the outside in as well, I had a dream job to many people in terms of what I was doing, leading retreats and workshops and working for Lululemon and traveling the world. And a pandemic also hit while I had my child and I was on a parental leave. So that life changed and that work life changed. But I followed that, that instinct inside to support mothers and being a coach and a facilitator already. And that being my skill set, I knew that I could yeah, design workshops and courses and offerings for mothers because I have those skills already. But going through the work with, you know, Sophie Brock and and working with Dr. Orly Athan, at the same time, there's always this, like two tracks running in parallel. There's the work that I do with them and how it supports mothers who I work with. But then I'm also unpacking who I am as a mother at the same time. Yes, I was just about to <laughs> and, ask of you. <laughs> so it's cyclical, like it's both. It's those are they will always run in parallel from the time I found out I was pregnant. I have been experiencing motherhood on the one hand, and I have also been observing and witnessing what it means to be a mother socially and watching that play out. So I will always be in both realms and, and they feed each other in beautiful ways as well. And what services or programs do you offer now as part of your business? Yeah, I, offer two main things. I offer group programs and for the time being they've been virtual. And within that there's two group programs. One is for mothers who are zero to 12 months postpartum. It's called my early postpartum program. And the other one is for moms who are one year plus postpartum. And they are both six week programs, group coaching programs where you go through in a small group together. And we, it's one part education. So on topics, on concepts around motherhood around who you are as a mother and what what's shifting for you in your personal development in this phase of your life and then it's one part community and support and conversation being with other mothers who want to unpack this as well and then one part in inquiry and coaching through me growing your own self-awareness and so 
those are my two group programs. And then I also work with mothers one-on-one in a coaching capacity. So supporting moms that ranges. I work with moms who are moms to be, who are on the path to having a child who are pregnant or adopting or fostering. I work with mothers in new motherhood all the way through to I've had coaching clients who are becoming empty nesters. So the whole spectrum, I would say, in terms of what is shifting for you, but at the heart of it is who you are as a human, as a mother. That is my work. I am not a a coach who supports you in your parenting on how to be a better parent. I'll give some tangible examples, sleep or how to give food or what to do with picky eaters. Like I'm not in the parenting realm. I'm in the self-development evolution realm of supporting mothers on this shift in changes that they go through as a mom are there things that come up very I I assume there are similar things that come up often for a lot of women um what would you say are some of the 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 most common things that come up in your coaching Mm. number one is guilt that would be a, a big topic that comes up with virtually every single client in every program that I've been on um, alongside that balancing paid work and motherhood. If there are mothers who are in paid employment and also in motherhood, so the, the balance, the juggle of it all, if you will, if we think of how people talk about it, <laughs> working motherhood. Um, similar other themes would be feeling alone or isolation and disconnection feeling that I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, what's wrong with me or is it just me that, or why am I the only one who feels this way? And yet so many people feel the same way. We just don't know it. Comparison Mm. is a, is a big topic that surfaces of comparison and feeling less than or not good enough. I could keep going, but those are probably the biggest <laughs> ones that surface the most. <laughs> There's a lot in that. <laughs> there is a lot in that. And it's so hard, isn't it? Because often when I'm chatting to people before they come on, um, you know, we're, we're talking about what we'll talk about and the mums that I interview about their personal stories, often they'll say, it sounds like I'm being really negative, but – and." And I think, well, you're not. We're just having an actual conversation about about mm-hmm. that it's hard. And that doesn't mean that there's not all of the joy and that you don't love your children and you don't love being a mum. It's, it's, it's separate to that. It's mm-hmm. also difficult to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. juggle, like you said. Yes. And, I mean, what I come back to, you just – you know, it, my ears perked up when you said, but right. The hard stuff, but it doesn't mean something that I often offer mothers is it's and yes, it's an and. And when we can see that, like when we can open up the conversation to say, it's all of these challenges, it's all of this, you know, we can feel very, um, yeah, like unsettled, uncomfortable, that we're in the thick of it. It's the challenge. It's the the heavy, the negative emotions, if you will, if we want to call them that. And at the same time, it can also be the, 
incredible love and joy you didn't know you could feel the presence the delight the energy that comes out of you from you don't know where like it's it's and it's both and so often i think one of the narratives that exists is that it's one or the other mm. so if you are experiencing all of the negative let's call it if you are complaining if you are feeling like this is hard then you must not be enjoying it yes it's as if socially we haven't been able to embrace the duality. We haven't been able to embrace the ambivalence of it. The ambivalence being the existence of two opposing feelings at once. And when mothers, when I can support mothers and mothers can really embrace that concept, like it is both. And sometimes it is both within the same minute. <laughs> it is both at the same time when we can allow ourselves to feel both of those feelings and to allow them to contradict each other, it's very freeing. And that is actually a, an evidence-based way to feel less guilt as a mother. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Em- embrace the, the both and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just to finish, what's something empowering that you would say to new mums or old mums, any mums? Mm-hmm. Yeah, any mums. Oh, Can I say two things? (laughs) I would say that first and foremost, you and your needs matter. Simply said, you and your needs matter. And secondly, I would say that you're not supposed to go back to who you used to be. Yes. And when those two, those two insights, when we can really feel those like deep in our bones, like really get acquainted with them, that you and your needs matter just as much as your families and that you're not supposed to go back to who you used to be before you were a mom. So much can, so much can dissipate, so much can dissolve in our life of angst and turmoil when we can let go of those two we can embrace and let go of those beliefs. I had several very close girlfriends, like my, my best girlfriends had their first babies um, within months of me having my second. Mm. And that came up a lot. They would, all of them said, when do I get to go back? You know, when do I go back to myself? Because um, it's such a wrench away from, from what you know, the self that you've known. Um, and that was that was kind of where I got the idea to start the podcast because listening to them helped me make sense of what I had gone through with my first. Um, sort of everything, you know, fell into to place in terms of being able to describe what I'd gone through when I had my first baby, listening to them talk about it. And I thought, we need to be, we need to be talking about this more mm-hmm. um, because once you wrap your head around that you don't go back, it's actually a really lovely concept that you get to go forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of empowerment in that. It's, it's very liberating. Like, oh, like okay, I've been forcing trying to go back, but I actually get to be who I am now and go forward. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful um concept actually I like it a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for chatting with me today 
Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And it's so early in the morning for oh. you. I'm so thankful that you got up at before the break of dawn to, to have this it's still dark. Um It's such a joy. But no, you have been a really um you've been a really calm, lovely way to start my day. Thank you. It's my my pleasure. It's my passion and my joy to speak about motherhood and this evolution. So thank you for having me as a guest. You're very welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with me, Kaylee. This conversation was honestly such a calm and lovely way to set my day. Thank you. There are a bunch of links in the show notes if you'd like to do any further reading or exploration into what Kaylee and I spoke about, including a link to Kaylee's website. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brody Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.